Good morning. This is Michael Stoller for the Stoller Real Estate Report on the Cats Roundtable. This morning, I have a leading managing director of a real estate finance and lending company, Ari Herrett, who is with Walker and Dunlap. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Michael. So the question of the day all the time is, especially the way interest rates are, is there money for real estate? Yes, there's money for good deals and uh, good asset classes. So what, what do we consider a good deal? What? So there's more money for deals with cash flow than there is without cash flow, um, and for good sponsors, and uh, for there's more demand for certain asset classes versus other asset classes. So multifamily, industrial, hospitality in some cases, um, grocery anchored retail, and then you know there's less capital available for office and you know other different properties. Let's talk about you've done a lot of office uh, logistics and uh, warehouse. Let's talk about that market. Yeah, so that market is is really tight. Um, there's not a lot of supply of it. It's interesting because historically you would have thought about a warehouse um, in terms of the risk spectrum of real estate. Let's say 15 years ago. Um, as outdated manufacturing because of jobs moved away. But what happened with Amazon and other last mile logistics firms and any retailer that really needs to distribute product, this the demand is tremendous for last mile. So in markets in gateway cities or near major population centers, there's a strong demand um, from retailers and logistics firms uh, to uh, occupy these warehouses. and. Um, there's strong demand for like state-of-the-art, um, you know, warehouses near um, very good uh, transportation access and and infill uh, population centers. And what's your thought about the multi-level uh, warehouses? So we've done a few of those, and and the ones that I've done um, that have been successful have been the ones where there's really warehouse on the first first floor and parking on the second floor. There's been a resistance to leasing on the second floor. Um, so I did a, an Amazon deal, um, a couple of Amazon deals, one at, um, in, on Rockaway Turnpike in, near JFK, where the ground floor is 36-foot ceilings uh, where the product comes in and product comes out. And then the second, third floor and the roof are really par- parking. And what it enables Amazon or other logistics firms to do in these situations is to stage all their trucks, similar to what you see at the airport when Ubers are waiting for you, that these little trucks that you see, the Amazon trucks, so you'll have a large truck come in, deliver the product, goes through the warehouse and in and out, everything goes in and out, and these trucks are constantly circling and, and, and going up and down. So Amazon and other logistics firms find that very essential. And even if you didn't, even if you had a logistics firms that didn't, that didn't need parking, there's a strong demand for parking um, you know, from, other, from other users like Revel, or like uh, the Department of Transportation, Department of Sanitation. So, I mean, we're seeing rents for parking like anywhere from 20 to 25 bucks a foot just on the parking. But when logistics firms will take the whole thing and sort of blend the rent out with the paying something you know, higher on the ground floor and paying 20, 25 bucks for parking. With regard to the rents, uh, I recently was at a seminar, which you were also at, uh, and they said that the in- industrial rents are going down. They're not going up right now. Look, I think many tenants are holding off right now, given the uncertainty that we have um, in the economy. So while 
you'll look, you'll work on a deal. And we did four spec industrial deals in the last year. And the brokers will send you a very, very extensive list of tenants in the market. And there are tenants in the market that need space. But the delta in terms of what they're, where they're willing to pull the trigger right now on rent, not knowing where inflation's going, where interest rates are going, and what the demand will look like if we go into a recession, there's a little bit of a gap. And based on the land prices that the developers um, uh, bought the properties at, there is a certain rent that they need to hit their returns. Okay. Another area that you've been rather involved with is the hospitality, uh, especially with uh, the unique uh, clubs involved with them. Yeah. So there's definitely a strong demand for hospitality in good markets. I mean, people are traveling and we've done a lot of deals um, where these are like cool type of hotels that have a, a membership component to it. Uh, for example, we closed a $140 million loan on the Soho Beach House earlier this year. We did that as a, a permanent loan. We've financed Casa Cipriani here in New York. We've financed the Amman here in New York. We're doing a hotel in Miami Beach that's going to be a Rosewood collection. So what's interesting about that is historically, and especially when you built these, people were very skeptical. Lenders, rating agents were very skeptical about the membership component. But what we saw with Soho Beach House, and I financed it four years ago and, and I financed it now, the difference is that during COVID when everything shut down and hotels see an immediately decline, immediate decline to zero in revenue um, with a shutdown because there are no leases, the membership component stuck. And so, a company like Soho House that has had little attrition and tremendous growth in membership and a huge waiting list, they were able to pay their debt service during COVID through the membership revenue alone. Even though <clears throat> their members couldn't go to the club? Correct. So what they did in, in, with their members was they gave them a, they told them, if you pay membership, we'll give you a certain credit to F&B um, when we open. And that was, it was a great move because you give someone a small credit to F&B and they're just going to spend more. And now, they, they had so very little attrition, very little attrition during COVID. What are you seeing with regard to uh, hotels near major companies who are having their offices, like Google? Yeah, so... In New York, we're seeing a tremendous uptick in rates. And like um, working on a deal downtown that's near Google, a bridge loan, and RevPAR was like, uh, is way, way above where it was pre COVID, let's say 2019. And look, New York City lost 7,500 keys uh, during COVID, 3,000 came back. There's very, very little under construction because there's a restriction on, you need a special permit in order to build it in, in zones that allowed, ho- allowed hotels. Uh, there's a lot of issues with unions um, you know, in terms of expenses. So if you have a non-union hotel and you're near, Google's going back to the office now, um, especially downtown. So there's a tremendous demand, um, not just from the leisure traveler, but also from the business traveler. <coughs> with regard to that, what segment of the other market is doing well? The extended stay? Um, ex- extended stay is, do- is doing well. Um, I would say that the... Um, you know, the, you know, flagged hotels are, are doing well, um, boutique hotels in, in major markets. Um. Do you think uh, the, <clears throat> the change in the rules on Airbnb has had an effect on the hospitality business? I don't, I don't think in New York yet. I mean, there's just so little supply and you're almost back to like 60 million tourists a year. So I, I, don't, I don't think it, that it, 
that no, I was talking about the fact that Airbnb has to register the units and they're not going to be able to register as many units in this city. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I have, I've seen some hotels that post COVID um, have gone to full Airbnb, um, you know, models. Okay, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's talk about the office market in New York. How do you see lenders on that market? Look, there are a lot of lenders that just say, you know, I, I won't, I just can't do office. I mean, I think if you have a stable office property, um, you can get it financed in CMBS. So, I mean, there are, you know, you know, office buildings with, with cash flow. I mean, there are office buildings that are, you know, class A office buildings that have, um, you know, that have very little roll, very little near-term rollover. I would say for, you know, office buildings that are, that have a lot of vacancy, um, that haven't sort of reset rates. I mean, there's definitely a demand. I mean, there's lots of, you know, companies that are looking for space. People are back in the office, even if they're not back in the office every day of the week, they need, you know, full space for, to incentivize for people to come in. But I think it's it's like other asset classes post COVID. There's a, you know, and what we talked about industrial, there's sort of a delta in terms of what these tenants want to pay. Um, but there's, you know, there's, there's vacant office space. I mean, I don't think we'll see, we're not seeing very many new construction deals. Um, we're seeing some people buying office buildings to convert them to condo. Okay. Uh, last question, retail. How do you see retail? Look, I think grocery anchored retail is very strong. I mean, there was a thought that, you know, everyone gets everything online and, you know, there is, you know, people do buy groceries online, but I think, you know, less so in suburban markets and than in, in urban markets. So there's a strong demand for that. There's a strong demand in certain markets for high street retail. If you go down to the design district in Miami, I mean, they're paying ridiculous amounts of rents, ridiculous amounts of rents there. Um, retailers are expanding down there. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, malls are very, very difficult. I mean, I, people ask me if, you know, if I can finance a mall, and I haven't seen one in, in a long time, but I've seen conversions to industrial and other property types. I think the malls have to have repositioning. So I'd like to say uh, there is money out there. you got to look at it. You have to have good advisory services. And I'd like to thank Ari Hurt for being here today. Thank you, Michael.